Eat Kellogg's Rice Krispies as part of this nutritious breakfast. Citizens, I have stolen all the sounds of the city. To hear them again, I want ten billion dollars! I think we're needed. Better take some ammunition. The sounds, quick, follow and pop. Take this, sucker. Oh, no, a beautiful machine. Ooh, Rice Krispies. Now that sounds like the Equalizer is a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> You know, I say this every time, but the longer you hesitate after I ask that question, the, the more excited I get for the bit that's coming. And recently, it's it's been you just agreeing with me. Yeah, I you know, I, I try to surprise you, keep you guessing. You never know what I'm going to do next. So I that's my, that's kind of my personality. <laughs> I, I didn't really see or talk to you for about six months. And then the first thing you did was make me guess what you're drinking for yeah. fun. Yeah, no spoilers, but get ready. Because you're going to be doing that again. I mean, no spoilers, but we've done it four times now in a row. Yeah, you're going to get this one. I already won, I won last time. You, you didn't win last time. I've won once. You have won once. We were drinking Miller High Life. We, we went on Miller time together. Yeah, we did. But yeah, you know, like <laughs> this week is just a very normal episode. Nothing different. Pretty mm-hmm. standard uh, by the books, right? Yeah, definitely. This week we are, of course, for the first and last time doing a serial commercial uh, <laughs> sequel. And before we get too deep into that, let's go ahead and bring on our guest who will be pitching their idea, arguably the reason we're doing a serial commercial, uh, host of the Knackered Robots podcast, uh, Reuse Your Old Adventures, and October, a person who once described uh, mine and their friendship as, quote, the podcast equivalent of a loveless marriage. Uh, we have Maya Franklin. Maya, welcome to The Equalizers. Hello, it is I, the Sower of Discord. <laughs> because I I mentioned the commercials under discussion to Mike once, and Mike asked if I'd be interested in talking, you know, do, doing a sequel for Equalizers, and me not really understanding that someone who does a movie podcast wouldn't <laughs> want to do an episode about a serial commercial, <laughs> and like not quite, you know, understanding that I had somehow miscommunicated to Mike that this was a commercial, went, yeah, sure. (laughs) Then eventually when I showed it to Mike, and Mike was like, this is 30 seconds long. I'm like, yeah, it's a commercial. And and Mike was like, okay, but we do a movie podcast. Yeah, you had mentioned an idea about Snap, Crackle, and Pop, and they were superheroes, and I just immediately assumed it was an animated, like, movie. (laughs) That was made. Would that that were the case over in the UK, and so I immediately was like, "Hey, come up with a sequel," and, or and I sequel idea, and we'll do it. And it wasn't until we had already committed to this that I, was, I actually was like, "Hey, where is that?" So I can watch it. Yeah. And it was a thirty-second serial commercial I, on YouTube. I full-on grifted you. I like that you describe your and Mike's relationship as a, a loveless podcast marriage because I describe ours as a loveless second podcast marriage <laughs> yeah madison has more of a loveless podcast affair yeah. we meet at cd motels to record equalizers i'm starting to think the problem yeah. might be you mike because you're like the common yeah. element in this oh yeah no we established this in a study in granada also where you guessed <laughs> it with jackson and i and it was pretty came clear pretty quickly i'm the, the common denominator of all the trouble <laughs> oh, it's boy. also I would have been super down to do a, uh, a commercial because, you know, I get a little weird with it. And Mike's the, the stickler for the 
for the format. <laughs> I feel like we need to have been doing this for much longer before we start going, hey, we've right. pretty much done all the movies. <laughs> Let's branch out to commercials. Like within our first year and like five weeks, we came <laughs> to be like, you know what? We've pretty much done it all. Let's go ahead and get weird. Look, this is how I rationalized it to you when you semi-justifiably got pissed off with me for pitching a commercial for your movie podcast. Pissed off isn't necessarily the right word for it. I was just like, it was more like exasperated. I, I, your honor, I object. The DMs were very terse. Overruled. But, what I did say to you was, it harkens back to the nascence of film. Because a lot of the earliest films were A, short, and B, commercials. Because that, you know, because obviously when they were trying to get film off the ground, they needed money. I accept that. What's one reason people give you money? To advertise their shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I accept it. I mean, you don't have to keep selling me. We're doing the episode. I, but I, at the time... I, was... I did nothing wrong. Yeah, well, I feel like we're about to do a lot of wrong, so... <laughs> yeah. So, normally this is the point where we ask... I guess why they selected this movie. Uh, so I guess what was it about this serial commercial that you <laughs> that led you to create um, the episode? Which I already you have told me the title. We have already mentioned the title at the end of the last episode, teasing this. So what led you to Snap Crackle and Pop Ragnarok? Well, here's the thing: I'm big into stories and like the history of stories and things like that, but not in the way in the manner of somebody who spends far too much time on like fan wiki of things i'm i'm more sort of like i'm less about like oh you know this could be a reference to this one say like superhero comics like this line could be a reference to this one issue of like the mighty thor from Mm -hmm. september 1963 or was thor around in 63 i don't know but you know like that kind of thing i'm more about sort of the feelings of Mm -hmm. of things so immediately when i first sort of mentioned the idea of doing a sequel to these commercials like a little bit of background i don't know if it happened in the u.s but the kellogg cereal company with their mascots snap crackle and pop for the cereal rice krispies are usually depicted as elves but in the 90s the very like late 80s early 90s just after the tim burton batman film had come out and everyone was kind of a little bit on an old kind of superhero kick because they started rerunning the 60s batman show on tv as well mm-hmm. to sort of get get a little bit off off the back of the burton movie so superheroes it was kind of not as much as the mcu obviously but superheroes kind of became on vogue a little bit so i don't know if this happened in the u.s but in the uk they rebooted snap crackle and pop as superheroes and i can understand the thinking behind that because snap crackle pop it's like it harkens back to the on-screen sound effects in the 60s Batman show. I understand how the pitch meeting in the advertising agency probably went. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. So, when I sort of mentioned this, and Mike sort of picked up on it, and I entirely unintentionally lied to him about what this was, I started thinking, like, how would you do a sequel to the Rice Krispies superhero commercials? So I started Mm -hmm. examining the elements, and superheroes as a genre does have a lot of like precedent that i could cite so we've got snap crackle and pop which is like words of power almost akin to a shazam perhaps (laughs) also what's the other thing about snap crackle and pop they're elves specifically you could liken them to the alpha from norse mythology again because like well you know we're harking back to the likes of the mighty thor um and sort of dovetailing 
the big ideas of like Jack Kirby, where it's like marrying sci-fi technology and old world mythology, mm-hmm. that that kind of thing. So I thought, what if Snap, Crackle, and Pop are Alpha, as in Norse mythological Alpha? So I started working through that, and it's like the Alpha are associated with the god Freyr, who is. I think in something is you know it is mentioned that he is given dominion over Alfheimr, which is the realm the elves inhabit, and Freya was one of the Vanir who were the gods of the harvest. Harvest like crops, like cereal crops. So, here's what I've got: Snap, Crackle, and Pop are mythological Norse elves who, through words of power, which you can. I mean, it's not a true example, but you can kind of relate it to the idea of kenning, which is a thing in Norse and sort of Icelandic and old Germanic poetry, whereby Mm -hmm. it's a means of circumlocution where you use a sort of a phrase in place of a single word. The the most famous example I can think of is that in Beowulf, the sea is referred to as (laughs) Kranraid, which means whale road. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. So you can kind of... Is that where the trains run? I get. Sure. Yeah. Glad that you're coming with me on this. <laughs> but so then I was thinking, so I was thinking about that. So you've got three elves, like Norse mythological elves, who are superheroes. But I wanted to do the other part of like the Jack Kirby superhero, like space epic kind of thing, where it's married with like utter bastardizations of actual like physics and stuff. So what you may not know is that snap, crackle, and pop are terms that are used in physics. <laughs> They they correspond to the fourth, fifth, and sixth derivatives of position, the position vector with relation to time. You know, there's like you know, it's like velocity acceleration, and it goes down the list, and then fourth, five, and six, you get snap, crackle, and pop. This is what physicists call it. I didn't make this up. I believe you. So you have three elves, Norse mythological elves. I'm gonna keep citing that, who are superheroes who derive their powers from kennings, which are also related to position vectors with regard to time derivatives thereof <laughs> in physics so that's the basic premise <laughs> that's the short version in a nutshell no right because here's here's the thing about superheroes they tend to use like the first movie to introduce the concept which they kind of didn't really need to do with snap crack on pop because everybody knows like rice krispies and they do the thing you know, I, le- I learned that as but a wee child so we take like the sort of you know, the animated commercials and the live action one they did. We take that as kind of the intro. That's like the first movie where you get an sure. introduction to Snap, Crackle and Pop. Okay. And of what they are capable. So the second film, they start to get a little bit freaky with it. <laughs> Just a little. For example, I cite Thor The Dark World, which is the sequel to Thor. Which is when they started bringing in stuff like, you know, the nine worlds of Norse mythology. Which in this sort of mm-hmm. turned into like planets or dimensions i wasn't really paying attention i was too busy looking at chris hemsworth but do you know who was in thor the dark world that's right elves so that's the thing i just want to say i took 20 like seven of our episodes and forged them into a shared cinematic universe and even i think that's really convoluted well <laughs> well i'm saying or thor the dark world i don't remember thor the dark world nobody does i mean you still haven't even seen endgame so i'm not surprised I have seen Endgame. I've seen all the movies. I don't believe you. We're in quarantine. I've seen all the movies. Fair enough. It was really sad when um, Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. um, ripped off Doctor Strange's arm with his spider his spider goo. 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but can we just get to Madison's liquids already? <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going. I think we have a lot to build on. I already have some ideas, and I think it has as much leaps and bounds as our normal pitches. So The only sort of element that I'm married to that I want to pitch for this, all that bullshit I just said, can I cuss on this show? Yeah, of course. Cool, because I just... Yes, you can. All right, all that bullshit that I just said, take that as read. The only element going forward that I want to be completely married to is this. The villain is a mysterious figure, you know, masked and robed, perhaps. Imagine sort of like a Magneto-type costume, but Mm -hmm. the helmet completely covers the face. And that villain basically steals Snap, Crackle, and Pop's powers. Okay. Okay. Obviously, the t- with the title of this, we're evoking Thor Ragnarok, and part of Thor Ragnarok is Thor spends a lot of the movie on the back foot, because mm-hmm. Kate Winslet breaks his hitty stick. So, uh, that's where I'm kind of coming from with that. So, there's a mysterious villain whose identity I do have an idea for, and will reveal when the time is right. So, basic premise, villain turns up a la hell in... Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. removes via some means, which again I have an idea about, Snap, Crackle, and Pop's powers, then the rest of the film is them dealing with that. I, I think that gives us some stuff to go on, and I have my own uh, bullshit that I already have cooking in my mind. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm done with this. But, first, before we get into that, do you have any tomatoes this week, Mike? Yeah, so surprising absolutely no one, I have no tomatoes for this week because we are <laughs> doing a sequel to a cereal commercial, and surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes does not host reviews for those. Um, on the YouTube video, I did look through the comments, but I found five comments, and none of them were actually reviews. Um, and then I thought about looking up reviews for Rice Krispie cereal, but I then forgot to do that today, so I have no tomatoes of any kind. If I found the YouTube comments, I was going to call them Daddy's Tubers. I, I, I get but... it. <laughs> So no. <laughs> I I also thought of the idea of look like going on say like Amazon or something and reading like mm-hmm. customer reviews for Rice Krispies, but then I thought, nah, Mike's probably gonna do that. Yep, I was, and then I forgot. <laughs> you are treating this with the neglect it probably deserves. So I can't be mad. I mean, I'm already doing most of the work for Madison's liquids. I figured I could probably... <laughs> uh, I, I can give you a spoiler alert, uh, probably of what like one of those reviews is. <laughs> some 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 old old white man being like these snapped and crackled, but I heard no pop at least once. So one star, one star. Wouldn't recommend <laughs> one star because my wife left me while I yes. was eating the cereal. Well, with that all being said, are you both ready to get wet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I've longed to hear those words. <laughs> So, Maya, I don't know how familiar you are with this new bit we have called Madison's Liquids. Madison (laughs) has a drink that they are currently drinking that we do know what it is. We have to guess what it is. We have 10 questions. Um, There are also some lifelines. So far, the lifelines are (laughs) phone a friend, which typically just means I cold call one of my friends on Facebook and ask them to help me figure out what Madison is drinking. If you'd like, we could call call one of your friends. Uh... Or since we have a guest, we may not need to use that one. Madison also sometimes posts a picture in the chat that's like a clue. I've also now been pushing for the new one, which is make Madison <laughs> chug the drink. I'm looking at the drink. I think I could do it. Uh, last time it was a whiskey drink, so that was an interesting <laughs> back half of the record. But I do have 10 questions prepared. As a thing that only you would probably get, Maya, I have named all of my list of questions after uh, boards on Only Connect. Uh, today we have the <laughs> Twisted Flax set um what 
it, uh, it's fine. You don't care. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the amount of time it would take for me to explain and the gratification you would get out of that explanation is not proportional. <laughs> Alrighty. Hit me with your first question. I won't give you each 10 questions. How about we alternate? That's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, I was asked my, or my how they want to handle We could alternate. We could do that. Um, like I said, I do have 10, just in case you weren't interested in asking any questions. But um, <laughs> no. And I will warn you, my questions are uniformly useless. Also, right. all must play. So that's the rules of Madison's Liquid. All, all must play. So, Maya, you're <laughs> okay. playing. <laughs> Can I ask about the viscosity of the liquid? So we do get, here's the thing, they have to be yes or no, except we do get one vague, like, so like last episode, my vague not yes or no question was who would play this liquid in a movie? So that kind of <laughs> level of not yes or no question. Otherwise it needs to be yes or no. And you can't ask me <clears throat> what the drink is. <laughs> That's true. I tried that in one of the episodes as well and was shot down. You can ask what the viscosity is. I can give you a roundabout, a roundabout idea if you want. Use the Mohs hardness scale to tell me the viscosity of this liquid, which isn't a thing that all applies right. to this at all. Um, okay, but like real, real first question: Can you publicly consume this drink? Yes, I think I would be uh, allotted to. The, no. There are no ordinances against the no, not at exterior all. consumption of this drink. Cool. Would J. Jonah Jameson prefer pictures of this liquid over pictures of Spider-Man? This is the level I'm operating on for pretty much the whole list, Maya. So a nice, luck. cool cup of spiders. See, I have an argument for it. I'm going to say yes, because I bet if they put pictures of this in the newspaper, they would probably get money for advertising. Maya, you're next. Would, would J. Jonah Jameson run an op-ed about this drink with the title Hero or Menace? I thought it was... Threat or menace. <laughs> Those are the same thing. Ooh. No. No. They would not. He would not. Just like as an aside, like, can you give me an example of something that is like is like non threateningly menacing? Mm. Mm. A camel? Yeah, see. Which Could I drink this liquid in Minecraft? I don't think you can drink anything in Minecraft, so no. You cannot drink it in Minecraft. Hmm. Well, actually I do need an actual answer, okay. so I need you to go ahead and look up. If this drink is in Minecraft. <laughs> Install Minecraft. We'll wait. Well, I mean, there's also, you know, the internet that could tell you if this drink is. I'm going to Google this, even though I know it's not going to show up anything. <laughs> and I'm going to... No, it is not. Okay. Thank you. Can I ask my yes. one non-yes or no question? Is this drink animal or plant-derived? Plant. That doesn't narrow it down. Well, did you think I was drinking, like, like yak lard? <laughs> I thought pa perhaps to tie into the, the, you know, in the spirit of the... Oh, cereal, got it. Perhaps you were drinking milk. The the thing that is commonly consumed in cereal. <laughs> I mean, eventually we'll get there because one of the rules I made Madison agree to was that they can never repeat a drink. <laughs> so. Um, my next question. Is this liquid, quote, Gangnam style? <laughs> Let me Google that. I just need to make sure. I so regret that the audience will never see the the grin that Mike did after asking that question. Oh, every single week when he's very proud of something. My favorite question so far was, does this liquid remind you... Or no, I'm sorry. Have you ever drank this liquid while thinking about Zoot Suit Riot by Cherry Pop and Daddies? Well, now I'll have quite a time trying to think of anything but Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Pop and Daddies. 
which now that I think about it, kind of a fucked up name for a band. That's what I should have used for the theme song for Madison's Liquid, which was Suit Riot. <laughs> Damn it. Too late. Um, I searched, uh, I thought maybe like Psy did like a commercial for this product and I was like, if it was Gognum style. I'm sorry, I meant, does this drink, like... Does it possess the quality oh, of Gangnam Style? yes, the spirit of Gangnam yes. Style. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Mm. Is this drink carbonated? It is not. So my next question is simply just, Shakespeare? It is not Shakespeare. Damn. One more. Because that was going to narrow it down to just, like, I was going to get One it. One more, then I'll give you, uh, I'll give well, you my <laughs> picture lifeline. <clears throat> If it was Shakespeare, we could be back to milk, i.e. The, uh, the thereof of human kindness. Yeah. I think, Maya, you have the last question. To your, to your knowledge, has Mike ever consumed this drink? To my knowledge, no. I don't think I've ever seen Mike consume this drink. Oh, then it's water. <laughs> okay, do you want your lifelines? Yeah, go ahead and send us the image, and then we can decide if we're going to phone a friend. <laughs> you can also make me chug it if you want. I, I think I can do it. Oh, no, the question isn't whether or not you can do it. It's I make yeah. you do it as as punishment for making me do this. I've, I've sent... For the listener, uh, it is a bowl of what appear to be grapes on a wooden table. There's like a white tablecloth um, with some more grapes on it and some loose grapes all around. Madison likes doing this bit because now I have to describe pictures to the listener. I will say they are not grapes. Well, I said what appear to be grapes. Do you know what these are, Maya? Uh, am I only allowed to go by the image? The image is a hint. I can tell you that those are acai berries. So that could be something in it. It could be the flavor. I don't know. One time Madison was drinking ginger ale or Canada Dry Bold, and they sent me a picture of bold, spicy Chex Mix or whatever. I see. So is, it's the, the only mm. like the only kind of like I mean I th- this isn't a world in which I move, but the only like brand I can imagine having um, a drink that includes acai berries is something like La Croix. Uh, there have we have had a peach pear Lacroix before, which I we never specified if Lacroix uh, across the board is now off the table. But also, is it carbonated? That's the thing. I don't know. What are the odds Madison is just drinking a tall glass of hand uh, squeezed acai berry juice? And is that drink Shakespeare? Because the answer to that was no. Is this a cleanse promoted by Gwyneth Paltrow, who was in the movie Shakespeare in Love? Ooh, that's good. It is not. Okay, we should guess because this bit has already gone on for way too long. <laughs> this drink is not a Gwyneth Paltrow beer. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. This drink does not star Gwyneth um, Paltrow, I see. You seem really anxious and excited about chugging this drink. Take a gulp of it and I'll see if I can recognize from the sound of... <laughs> I'm, able to, I'm able to recognize the sound of various liquids when they are swallowed, a subject on which I once wrote a short monograph. All right, Sherlock Holmes, calm down. <laughs> I'm doing free cross promotion for you. Okay. We're gonna have to get you like an opaque mug that you drink it out of because part of the making you chug it is <laughs> if I can see your facial expression on whether or not you're enjoying the process or not. So we'll find you some kind of black mug or something not see through so that you can pour the liquid into that to drink out of. So I've I've suddenly realized this could be like a non potable <laughs> liquid. <laughs> Is it, you know, this this could be like, is this like acai berry flavored hand sanitizer or something? <laughs> I mean, we've only done this bit five times, so I don't think Madison is that desperate for liquids to, that they haven't used before. You you say that, but you're doing an episode based on a commercial. This could be like the true wildcard episode. That's true. It, it's actually acai berry uh, flavored drain <laughs> you, cleaner. You clearly haven't listened to Beetlejuice 2 if you think this is our wildcard episode. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, final guesses. I'll give you each a guess. Whatever the kind of berry Maya said this was, juice. Plain and simple. No. Is it an acai berry smoothie? It is not. Sorry, everybody. Everyone uh, uh, doesn't get wet today. It was a <laughs> acai raspberry soapy water. Good thing this only took 15 minutes. I have no frame of reference for what that is. Sobe water is just like an energy water whatever bullshit. It's kind of like Gatorade. An energy water. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like Gatorade. Um, I uh, drank a whole bottle of rosé last night and I'm feeling a little dehydrated. So Imagine if Gatorade thought what Gatorade needs to be is more like water. I don't know if we have Gatorade in the UK. I think it might be one of those things that is like illegal you just basically you drink a gatorade and then fill that bottle back up with water and you've pretty much got yeah, soapy water exactly <laughs> so nobody gets wet this week okay well as everyone in this podcast is 100 percent dry we can continue on to <laughs> i wore my diving suit for nothing yeah i wasn't gonna ask and it's like and it's like a victorian one as well with like huge iron boots and a big helmet that's yeah. why you might hear some echo uh maya's diving suit is shakespeare Okay, so onto the pitch. Um, okay, so I guess what we need to start with is, is this going to be a commercial? Let me get a timer going. Okay. Go ahead with what you're saying. Though. Is I mean, this going to be a commercial or is it going to be a movie? I mean, it has to be a movie. It has to be a movie. You say that as if those things are mutually exclusive. I think a movie can be a commercial. I'm not sure a commercial can be a movie. I would argue every single MCU movie is to some extent a commercial. Disney is all about brand management. I would argue that as much as the the MCU is like of its you know in and of itself like it says a cinematic enterprise, I do think a big part of it is also geared towards the sale of you know Benedict Cumberbatch pasta shapes and bedspreads and what have you. Even the Captain America movies are actually there to sell Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch pasta shapes and comforters. That's the main rider in his contract. If there's any pasta shapes to be made, they have to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Ones. So anyway, we're down to 14 minutes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so they lose their powers. They are robbed of their powers by a mysterious individual whose identity I will reveal. Got it. So what gives them their powers? To me, looking at the commercials... It is the bowl of cereal, right? When that milk hits that cereal, snap, crackle, and pop, sound off, and then they show up. Yeah, I mean, you could you could certainly make a case for that. I mean, superheroes often do have a kind of, like, alchemical process in a lot of cases. Like, there's the DC superhero Johnny Quick is, like, a speedster who gets his powers by reciting a mathematical equation. There are superheroes who get their powers by speaking a magic word or, like, through, through some process happening. You know, it, it may not. It may even be an involuntary process, like with the Incredible Hulk. So I think we should take that as our starting point. Of they derive their powers from the alchemical reaction between milk and rice-based cereal. cereal and milk. It's a summoning. <laughs> it's like dial H for hero, but yeah. dial C for cereal. That's what you should have called this episode. <laughs> Can I hit you with this? Like when they, when they lose their powers, maybe the film can be like trying to be about them trying to rediscover the means to reacquire their powers by testing rice krispies with different kinds of milk cow milk is usually the one used for cereals across the world so maybe the film is them seeking out like other kinds of milk to see if it is able to produce the same reaction seeking out strange new milks and civilizations and... <laughs> well what if it's like somebody stole 
the power from Rice Krispies and they have to seek out <laughs> another power cereal. <laughs> so here, here's the kind of thing that I think was unavoidable. Are we going to use this to set up a Kellogg cinematic universe? I think we have to, right? <laughs> that means that other Kellogg's brands have to be in it if that's, if that's the case. Yeah. Is there going to be a kind of like recurring side plot with like Tony the Tiger, but he's wearing like a black leather coat and an eye patch. Here's my pitch. Okay. We take your um, general idea of like like the Ragnarok. We make we frame this more like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. So like Tony the Tiger is like the the Falcon Seven or whatever from Birdman, where he's the guy like on the monitor who calls them like Snap Crackle Pop. We need you immediately here. He's got like an eye patch. He wears a suit. Like <laughs> he's the. <laughs> They're great. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, are you sure that they can handle this? Are they even that good? Ha ha ha. They're great. Someone has to ask <laughs> him that, and he never says it until the very end. He's like, yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, they're remarkable. And then at the very end, right when like the, the power cord hits on the butt rock jam that's going into the final scene, uh, he says they're great. Here's the real question that I think we need to answer before we go any farther, is Cinnamon and Bad Apple in this? The old Apple Jacks mascots. I don't think so. I have no idea what you're talking about. Cinnamon was a Rasta, like a Rastamon cinnamon stick. Who okay, well, a... I can tell you this. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm going to say no for morality reasons. Are you sure that he's not secretly uh, your monger, the serpent that encases no. the world or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's the thing I also wanted to bring up. Were you yes. aware? You know the movie Zootopia? Mm-hmm. Right. There was a thing in that where there were newscasts in the film and the the animals that were used in the newscast changed on like in different countries, mm-hmm. like in different markets. Another thing that I'm thinking of is DreamWorks went through a, a phase of redubbing small parts in their movie, in their animated movies with like region specific talent. Like there's various instances of like British TV personalities redubbing small roles in like Shrek movies or in this might mean something to Mike. It probably won't mean anything to Madison or anyone else. But Nicholas Parsons was okay. in the UK dub of Robots. Oh, boy. He was married to Jim Broadbent, huh. as all of us hope to be one day, I'm sure. So, here's what I'm asking. <laughs> if they do this, if there are scenes of Snap, Crackle, and Pop seeking out other serial mascots, is there going to be a scene where they visit Toucan Sam, who I believe is the mascot for Cocoa Puffs? Fruit Loops. Who's the mascot for Cocoa Puffs? Cuckoo the... I actually have it here. It's... Coco Hoots. That's it, because it's a bird. Right, so they go and find that bird and they interact with him. For the UK cut, is that scene going to be different? Because we don't have Coco Puffs and the bird over here. We have Coco Puffs and the mascot is Coco the monkey. Let's maybe figure out the plot of the movie before we decide if we're going to write a UK cut scene. Mike, I, I appreciate that. I am doing the nuts and bolts. I want foundations set in concrete before we try and build on it. There will be a UK cut. I saw you face palming, Noel. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. I'll... <laughs> so I like the idea of them seeking out other serial mascots to see if their serial is the power serial now. I, I, that's the thing. I think I think it's them searching for the next power serial so they can uh, <laughs> regain their powers or pass on the torch to protect the serial the serial verse. I'll throw my towel into the string on the other side, and Maya, you can decide which way you want to go since it's your sequel idea. 
Uh, recently, I've been rewatching some of the old Power Rangers seasons, and there is a season where they lose their powers and they have to go train under a ninja to get their ninja powers. We could use a similar thing where they meet the other mascots who like don't have or have retired or whatever at this point. So like, um, and they each get like that a power from one of them. So like, Snap gets a power from um, the Cocoa Krispies guy or the whatever the mascot from Britain in the UK edit. Uh, we can do all of that. Like they, <laughs> Toucan Sam gives Snap his powers or whatever. Okay, like. yeah. Uh, fuck my idea. We're gonna do that. <laughs> They, so they have to go and seek out like yeah. the council of mascots. Yeah, like the old retired heroes. Like when they were kids, <laughs> these were the the big heroes of the serial verse. And now, <laughs> okay. So Snap, Crackle, and Pop have had their powers taken away by this mysterious figure. In response to this, they decide they need to seek out the old masters mm-hmm. to relearn the ways of the serial mascot and to like unlock their greater potential. Exactly. Now, Madison's idea of the different serials. That, to me, seems more likely than my idea of different milks, because (laughs) Kellogg's doesn't sell milk of any kind, but I can see, like, Kellogg's, who I'm assuming is funding this. This is like General Motors and the Transformers movies, Mm -hmm. okay? So Kellogg's is like, oh, basically, we want a world tour of our series. This is like a serial showcase disguised as a superhero movie. Yeah, and talking about how all things are commercials, what if it's a big commercial for that all-together serial? Have you seen this? The Kellogg All Together cereal? Is it like all of their cereals mixed together? It is. Yeah. See, I had that in mind, but to my mind, that that was kind of like the the Avengers slash Justice League film that this is eventually building up to. Okay. These could be the players. So uh, for reference, into this All Together cereal, there are Corn Flakes. (laughs) There is Frosted Flakes. There's Raisin Brand, Rice Krispies, and Fruit Loops all together in one bowl. That sounds like a riot in a bowl. So, looking at this box, we have our Snap, Crackle, and Pop players. We have Tony the Tiger, who's kind of their, like, leader, you know, go fight this villain. And then we have three old cereal mascots, so we could do Corn Flakes, Fruit Loops, and Raisin Bran. Who's the mascot for Raisin Bran? The sun. It's the sun that scoops in the, the two big heaps of raisins into the into the cereal. The actual name is Sunny the Sun. Got it. Wow, that's a 4.45 on a Friday yeah. kind of... It's 4.45 on a Friday and the bars are open. This altogether cereal could also just be called Fuck It. <laughs> <laughs> Give it like another week or two and that's probably what most households are going to be eating for cereal. It's just like the dregs <laughs> of the boxes they have in home. Oh, the world is ending. <laughs> like in Ragnarok? <laughs> yes. Oh, and, okay, you can barely see him in this picture, but in Tony the Tiger's hand is the um, the frosty mini-wheat. Uh, oh, God. Uh, dude. So he's also in here somewhere. He's he's the Hawkeye. He's definitely the rogue because he's so small and nimble. We're not doing another D&D party, Madison. We've done, <laughs> we can't do this again. We've done Mazes and Monsters. We did Fellowship of the Sound of Music. We can't put together another team that's basically a D&D party. I feel like we've done that like four different times. Yeah, we have. And that's why we can't. I mean, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, Golemi, uh, like the list goes on. Okay. So so they venture off in this and they gain a power from each one of these these mascots mm-hmm. to be determined. So the mascots are Toucan Sam, the Racing Brand Sun. Sunny the Sun, and then the rooster from Cornflakes. Cornelius Roost, I believe. Let me take a look. I have the list here pulled up. <laughs> Cornflakes is Cornelius, who's a rooster. Yeah. Got it. 
you know, corn. That's like a mentor name. He's the Gandalf of this movie. <laughs> See, I always, I didn't think the old, the old masters came back with them. I thought it was very much a journey to them, uh, earn their their patronage slash power, and then they move on to the next. That's one. what I think it is too. Or they separate and go on their own adventures, and then they meet back up once they have these powers. But that could be an idea. The 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 old masters aren't in one location. Each each of the Rice Krispie boys has to go and seek out. Yeah, you know. we'd have Toucan Sam be in a jungle. Sunny the Sun would be like a mountain climb that one of them would maybe have to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, praise this, praise the sun. Cornelius the rooster is, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Cornelius is like on a farm. A farm, obviously. Um, yeah, they have to do like a bunch of farm chores. Yeah, he like he like Mr. Miyagi's. Yeah, them. yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think Pop Pop goes to Cornelius and gets Mr. Miyagi because Pop was always the kind of the silly one. <laughs> In the cartoons, he's the one. Who, he's the Michelangelo. He needs the most discipline. Got it. What about uh, what about Crackle? <laughs> um, Crackle's kind of the Donatello, not in terms of the technological advancements, but that sounds like Toucan Sam. Yeah, because a lot of those commercials, there's like a Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe kind of element to his situation, like where he lives and all that stuff. Yeah. All right, so that leaves Snap for Sunny the Sun. The, these are all like wise hermits. And Snap is very much, I mean, Snap's kind of the leader, and he's also kind of, he, he has, of, of the three of them, he has the most, like, Superman vibe, and Superman gets his powers from the sun. This worked out perfectly. Yeah. So, I think we have enough to build on and, like, kind of, like, quickly, quickly figure out this movie. I, I want to ask something. So, when they lose their powers, sort of like old Thor mm-hmm. in, like, the comics, do they turn back into their more elf-like selves? They're the elf cells. cells. Um, okay. Yes, I I would I would do that because um the because the super because the superhero snap crackle and pop they were given more for want of a better term human proportions uh, and in in one commercial were played by live action actors so I think it is a kind of like I'm struggling to think of an example but you know like okay here's like like Digimon you know how like in Digimon like something like Patomon, which is like a football with bat wings, can evolve to become an actual angel of the Lord God yes, Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Definitely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Definitely. Big Digimon absolutely. fan. Got that reference. Yeah. Got all about it. So, there you go. <laughs> so, they get their powers taken away, and they de- like, de-digivolve, or whatever the term was, into their sort of like cartoony, like smaller elf See, selves. the reference I immediately was going to go to is back to Power Rangers, because in Turbo, one of them was actually just a little kid, and every time he morphed, the suit came around him, and then his waist grew about two <laughs> feet, so he was as tall as everybody else. Mm, mm. It was, I mean, the last episode we recorded of Knackered Robots, I referenced that very thing, and nobody knew what I was talking about, because nobody remembers Power Rangers Turbo, which is how it should be. Yeah. I have thoughts of. Oh, I'm not. We're not doing this now. Another time, we'll talk about. The, we'll talk about the movie. We can litigate Power Rangers Turbo in our own good time. Yeah, like, we'll, and we probably will. We'll talk probably about in... the movie and what an utterly buck wild experience that movie actually was. Because Bulk and Skull get kidnapped and for absolutely no reason get mind wiped and start talking in really bad German accents. We go swimming. But you're not going to get into it now. Exactly. I think the easiest way for us to handle this would maybe be we each take one hero, and. We take like we give the person like five minutes, and then the other two like ask questions to flush it out, and then right. Can I can I take pop? Yeah, absolutely. Pop is always my favorite. Uh, so that leaves crackle or snap, uh, Madison. Crackle goes to see Toucan Sam, and Snap goes to Sunny the Sun. I'll do uh, Snap. Let's just start with Snap. I have them at the top of the list. So uh, Madison. Yeah, yeah. So so I think they decide 
they decide to separate because <laughs> ne- once they lose their powers, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, like this is over. I think I think it's like the Scooby Doo br- gang breaking up in like the movie. You know, like they are just like, oh, we have to like fa- mm-hmm. chase our own bliss now because this doesn't work out anymore. So they each take their personal journeys. The threat's still there, though. Whoever stole their powers is still out there. Mm. So is it now like we need to go get powers to stop him? And the person who stole their powers now has their powers. So there is still a threat. May I posit that Tony the Tiger, as their Nick Fury slash Phil Kent Seven, is the one who, like, is the inciting moment for their separation to say, you must each go, you know, like... Mm-hmm. There are pe- there are people I know of who can help you. You you must each go your separate. Maybe ways. they were a team before, like yeah. Tony and Sunny the Sun, <laughs> Toucan Sam, and Cornelius, and they the Justice Society. Yeah, the other three went into seclusion after when they broke up. But Tony founded whatever <laughs> yeah, this okay. organization is, Kellogg. I mean, we'll just call the company. The, yeah. We'll come with an acronym later because we already we we burned <laughs> yeah, this bridge. And... <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start your timer. Five minutes just to get the bones down. All right, go. So he's on the mission to the sun. Yeah, so I think it's basically him climbing a mountain, right? And getting to, like, the highest point of known existence to... Because uh, rumor has it that um, the sun decided to return to its place in the sky. Um, so there was a period where the sun was not in, in the sky. <laughs> Is it like how in, in All-Star Superman, Superman has to go into the sun to fix the sun? Yeah. And like ends up becoming the sun, kind of as as a sort of greater scope heroism. The sun has assumed its position in the sky. Yeah. So he has to get to the highest point of known existence, which let's say it's like Mount Chocula. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a Kellogg cereal. <laughs> but yeah, that's a different company. They are not going to sign off on that. Which is a shame because Chocula would be the Batman of this universe. It's a parody. Fair use. <laughs> Whatever. It's Mount something cereal. Mount like about that <laughs> mount crunchmore yeah and uh i think his bit is mainly about the journey and like the different uh like trials and tribulations that have that he has to go through to get up to that highest point because mm-hmm. i think that's the kind of like um the video game journey you know like where you're making your way mm. through mm-hmm. it's about getting to that point and then being blessed by this god would would the kind of point the whole sort of like culmination of snaps like mini journey in the like side plot in the thing would it be about you know like sometimes in stories you get the thing of like you've grown too dependent on your abilities yeah and you kind of have to like relearn the bit i mean i've never seen this movie but as i understand it that's kind of lightning mcqueen's story arc in cars you're not missing anything no i'm absolutely not but is it that could snap story be that kind of thing where like we take you know like the idea of him climbing this mountain like you said and it's is that the kind of like culmination of his story is like you have you basically have to relearn yeah adversity. i think so i think that's the point is it's basically him realizing his humanity and like overcoming like the obstacles of not having his powers anymore because his powers made everything easier so i think it's mm. the physical task of getting to the top of the mountain. And maybe uh, maybe the sun's thing, I don't know, like, just because it's, like, kind of beautiful and it's not about, like, where you're going, it's about, like, getting there, right? What if the sun is, like, mm. I don't have any powers. I don't have any power I can give you, but the fact that 
you've realized your own power getting up here. So Snap basically becomes Daredevil, like the man without fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's almost you know, as if he's going from, say, like a Superman type character to becoming more similar to like a pulp hero like Doc Savage, yeah. which was sort of more about the inherent abilities of humanity rather than like extra natural powers and things. Yeah. He's going to the top of the tallest mountain, so there is an idea of perspective. Like, from here, you could see... <laughs> I just imagine, like, them, like, utterly torturous, like, references to cereal and things. Like, he's at the top of the mountain with the sun, and there's, like, a huge, like, beautiful cloud vista rolling away from them with the, th- with the peaks of other mountains poking through. And the sun's like, ah, oh, look at it. Like, like beautiful, like, beautiful flakes of raisin ban poking through a sea of milk. <laughs> Once you leave this mountain, you'll be a brand new hero. Wow. <laughs> okay, so Snap basically uh, becomes like we like Doc Savage or Daredevil or like the yeah, question. Yeah, he becomes like a, a sort of you know he kind of reinvents himself as like a sort of two-fisted yeah. action hero. And we have five seconds left. Anything you'd like to add, Madison? Um, uh, he loses one eye in the process. Damn. All right, those are five minutes. Crackle's next on the list, which was mine. Oh, oh, sorry, Mike. Before you start, I mean. If you know, because of the the many parallels to North, Norse mythology in this movie, Snap loses an eye, but in also in a sense also gains wisdom. Of course, that Bumir's raisin well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, little something for the mythology students in the audience. <laughs> That's about the extent of my, I'll say, quote unquote, deep cut Norse mythology knowledge. Is <laughs> Bumir's well? All right, so I am next with Crackle. Uh, he goes and meets Toucan Sam. So I'm going to start my timer. Uh, I'm thinking definitely we keep the jungle adventure. Uh, that sounds pretty fun. Like an Indiana Jones, maybe. Like a mini Jumanji. Yeah, like that as well. That works as well. Um, I don't want to spend too much time with the journey on this one. Uh, just because that's really kind of the thing that's happening with Snap. So I think he finds Toucan Sam kind of quickly or the other way around. And Oh, maybe it's maybe it's like um mm-hmm. um when Luke meets Yoda in Dagobah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, like yeah, where it's like I need I need to find this great master, and there's this like bird who's annoying him, but it's a secret test of character. Yeah, and I I want to lean into the gadgets. Not necessarily. I'm not going to make Crackle Batman per se, <laughs> but like resourcefulness and like using the things around you more. Cause you know, like a lot of superhero fights, you'll see like they'll rip the door off a car and use it as a shield or like, I don't know. They find ways of, uh, uh, for all of its fault, the, the original fantastic four movie with uh, Jessica Alba and Ian, the Gruffalo, uh, we have <laughs> like scenes where they like, he's like, all right, you bust open the fire hydrant. You superheat the metal. You de- deflect the water onto him. Like that kind mm-hmm. of resourcefulness of like using your surroundings as well as powers. It, like improvised weapons and Im- improv oh. improvising and being able to I, strategically view the field of what's in front of you and see the best possible option. I really like that because you've got like Snap having learned to you know to almost like to draw power from the self, mm-hmm. whereas Crackle is drawing power from the world in a sense. Yeah, and I think that he gets like some flight and maybe super strength. Like I think at least one of them needs to get some kind of superhero powers, like the more standard yeah. superhero powers back. But I think his thing is now much less like we just fly in and beat him up and leave. It's kind of like noticing what's around you and using that to your advantage as well. Mm. Uh, and then I think Toucan Sam flight makes the most sense. Um, definitely yeah. flight. At, and... at the very least, some kind of glider. I mean, I know you said you, you said you didn't want to turn him into Batman, but I think sure. you know, construct, constructing a glider is well with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Is oh well yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to him using some gadgets. I was just, I'm not yeah. like, 
I'm not going to now make him into Batman, basically. Because <laughs> if I did, we're basically on League. All you'd have to do is make your guy like the Phantom or whatever. And we basically have a League of Batmans. <laughs> um, I have a, a very important question. Mm-hmm. Are his three nephews with him or is he alone? Because in the commercials, he had like three smaller toucan nephews that right. were like, and they were like his his wards. Would they be kind of in this sort of scenario? Would they be kind of like his acolytes? Yeah, I mean, I'm of two minds. One, it would make sense if they're like the Q department for uh, what I'm tentatively <laughs> calling Tiger. I haven't finished the acronym yet, but um, I, I mean, I do like Tiger. That is a very cool name. What I have right now is Tony's International. I don't have anything for G and then Elite Responders. What about what? Okay, okay. We can talk about no, that. No, no, let's, it's my turn. Let's talk about that later. Let's talk about that later. I know. I was just touching on it briefly. <laughs> I wasn't going to dig in. I'm of two minds. One, that him having them as like acolytes and basically those being his Robins makes sense. It also would make sense that when he went into seclusion, they stuck around and they're the kind of like the Q department for Tiger. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more versed in his teachings. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards the, the Q department at Tiger. Because I think that that kind of organization would need a Q department. That makes sense. And they could maybe be the ones who gave Crackle the clue as to like where to go find Toucan Sam. Just follow your nose. I like that. Tony doesn't know where he went. They kind of do because hmm. they're his nephews. They, they see him at Christmas. So what's Toucan like? Uh, like what is his like sort of like... Because where, where the son and um, it was more like kind of a monk... Sure. Have any of you seen that movie, uh, Mysterious Island, that The Rock was in? No. No. Okay. Uh, imagine Michael Caine, but lost in the jungle for like 20 years. <laughs> and he like built a Swiss Family okay. Robinson, Robinson Crusoe type existence out there. Kind of like that. He's not like insane, but he's been alone for far too long <laughs> with just his gadgets. <laughs> All right. That was my five minutes. I hate the timer on this. It makes noise. <laughs> Okay, so now we're down to Pop, who is off to see Cornelius. Has my time started? Yes. Okay, first of all, like I want this locked in. This happens or I walk. Cornelius is played by Daniel Craig, and he is doing his Benoit Blanc voice. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Actually, the second movie in three episodes that we've had Daniel Craig in doing his Benoit <laughs> Blanc voice, he is, he is the mystery book in Page Master. He's hot right now. <laughs> so Pop seeks out Cornelius in the sort of like in the heartland it's you know it's on a farm it's like acres and acres of like rolling corn and like a house in the middle i mentioned it earlier um the the idea of mr miyagi and i think that's the kind of role that cornelius would play so sort of in keeping with the theme where pop yeah uh, snap was all about developing you know deriving strength from the self and crackle is about deriving power from the you know your surroundings what i think the one you know the the element for pop is going to be almost kind of denial of the self because like I mentioned before, Pop is kind of the silly one. So I think that um okay. But I don't wanna get I don't wanna get too blue here, but You obviously haven't listened to our podcast. It is common knowledge that Kellogg, the man, developed cornflakes as a masturbation suppressant. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it kinda of gives the I know you you know we we're kind of we're we're dealing with sort of various kinds of hermitage, and I know that we we mentioned like the son kind of being a monk, but I really want to lean in for that for the idea of Cornelius, where he is this kind of like aesthetic um, figure, where you know he, it's it's basically a way of addressing the fact that you know Pop is the silly one and the goofy one, the one that always kind of gets into trouble and trips over things. Mm-hmm. It's gonna you know his 
journey is going to be like Cornelius basically making him do farm work, but through that he's teaching pop, you know, like the like kind of suppression of his like sillier urges and kind of re- you know realizing the times when he should be, you know, because we kind of think about like repression and you know and suppressing your nature as kind of being bad things, but there are situations when it can be good, and I think that's what's going to be at like the core of Pop's journey is basically hit almost like pop becoming like the buddha where like he's kind of yeah. you know i don't i don't i don't want to go like the whole the full like iron fist route of making him like the martial arts hero mm-hmm. but there's going to be a kind of like element to that i think he is the way that I kind of think of it is like imagine kind of like like a, a doctor strange but with no magic power where it's all kind of like it's all about this like training and like you know we'll, we'll reveal that like the farm work that cornelius was making him do was teaching him also kind of like martial arts mm-hmm. you know or like means to protect himself and others does pop uh get superpowers of any kind from like like, like i talked about with crackle does he get like some flight or whatever or is he just now the the martial arts hero i mean again i don't want to lean too far into it i don't want it to become you know i don't want pop to basically get wuxia powers but i kind of want a kind of say like a realistic version of that it's like the farm work kind of develops his body and you know, he's he's developing his body and his mind. I'd say what I'd want far more than Pop to come away with power is I'd want him to come away with enlightenment. And you know, but like part of that can you know, part of that can involve kicking somebody's ass. Does he become Neo in the Matrix? <laughs> Not quite to that extent, but I'd say yeah, something he... similar to that. There will be a point in this film where something is attacking Pop and he is nonchalantly fending it off. Does he, like, center his energy or something and he can, like, shoot off, like, key blasts like Goku in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> can he do bullet time? Yeah, like, let, let's say, like, let, let's make that kind of his, like, for want of a better term, power. It's all about, you know, developing enlightenment, enlightenment, but it's also developing his, like, perception. Like, he, some of the things that he has to do that Cornelius makes him do, like, are all about improving his, like, hand-eye coordination and reaction time. So that he can't he can't do bullet time, but he becomes able to sort of anticipate any kind of attack. Say like um, Taskmaster mm-hmm. in Marvel Comics, his whole thing is the ability to anticipate any attack uh, and counter it. So, um, you know, yeah, let's let's take let's make that the takeaway for Pop is he, you know, he basically becomes Taskmaster. He you know develops the ability to maybe not not go into bullet time but he's able to gain a perception of the world that makes it easier for him to react faster and you know you can sort of you like dovetail that a bit with the kind of like your iron fist or shang chi type he becomes kind of like the martial artist with super good reaction time that he was taught by a chicken (laughs) we have all three of those uh with their powers now they return to set about defeating the villain who we don't know who that is yet, but Maya does. I think this would be a good time to reveal. Yes. So the time comes and they have their kind of, you know, they, they meet up, they meet up again and they have that moment where they sort of, they see how each, you know, how each other has grown and they sort of cohere again as a unit. And then they go out to fight the villain and they, you know, they go and they find the villain and the villain does a monologue about how, you know, like, the villain talks about how you know, oh, you're you're so cohesive as a unit. Though you were parted, you are once again whole. Um, and then the villain removes their helmet, and the villain reveals himself to be Pow, the fourth Snap Crackle and Pop elf from the 1950s. I couldn't remember his name. What is Pow short for? Pow is short for power. What is power in physics? It is the transfer of energy, and that is how he has stolen their powers. Maybe there was kind of like a you know a crisis on infinite cereal 
thing, you know, like Serial on Infinite Earths, where there was a crisis and Pop uh, and Pow sacrificed himself to to save them all, but in doing so, rewrote the universe and was forgotten. A crisis on Infinite Serials. Anyway, I will go yeah. ahead and end uh, my part of the podcast there. You all just go ahead and finish up, and I'll <laughs> I'll walk into the sea. <laughs> Yeah, so, but, like, over time, he's kind of, like, resented about being forgotten. A little bit like Superboy Prime in um, Infinite Crisis, Mm -hmm. which was rubbish. But that kind of thing where it's, like, he sacrificed himself to save, like, the world, but in doing so was forgotten. You know, and over time, that's festered into a resentment, and now he resents the other three who were his comrades. But because they've forgotten him, through no fault of their own, you know, he's come to resent them, and he's sort of come back to take their powers for himself just to be clear the commercial was the movie the the movie in quotes that set up these guys this is where we kind of explore the world and reveal an entire yeah. crisis level maxi event in the yeah. past that everyone has forgotten if you don't think that that isn't how marvel is gonna in, like introduce the fantastic four back into the marvel cinematic universe then i don't know what to tell you <laughs> hey i'm down for it I mean, it's basically what they did with Captain Marvel. It's like, she was around in the 90s, but nobody remembered, or knew, or something. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of them apart from the Thor movies. But my point is... <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Who knows at this point? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, the, that's like the big reveal. So, how could they use their newfound abilities to fight a, like, a person, you know... Would, would like do you think that they you know when when pow gives his monologue would they then remember the crisis and remember their fallen brother uh, or would that you know would it be so so much more pathos for them to for him to still be a stranger to them whereas to to him they are his his former brothers i, I think i like the idea of them re-remembering and then realizing like oh like this guy he's upset because nobody remembers him and but he's holding value in these powers that we've kind of through through the whole journey of the movie up to that point like they are learning like why they don't need their powers to be great and i mm. think them seeing like how these powers are actually like really able to corrupt um someone is really important so i i could see like oh they need the instead of retaining their regaining their powers they see like oh we need to destroy these things because nobody should have this uh level of ability i'm with madison i think they should remember because it makes it sadder that they have to stop him now um i have an idea since madison did establish uh that snap loses an eye and we made the joke (laughs) about learning would that be possibly where because of that and the new perspective and knowledge that snap remembers the crisis and figures out who they're fighting or do you want the i mean we can solve the monologue but oh that's good that way then we have them maybe being a little bit more proactive i like the idea maybe he realizes it on the mountain and then like he's like i gotta get back and like he's like i gotta tell the others and then that's when he reveals it at that point oh um maybe there could be like just maybe it could sort of be a bit more drawn out where it's like he when he completes his training with sunny the sun he you know talks about like what he's learned and everything but he you know maybe he speaks to sunny of like of an absence you know he like in, inside that you know like a there's like a part of his brain that he can't access almost and sonny kind of what you know wisely says something like you know you will know when the time is right and then it's during pow's villain monologue at the end that's when the final piece like clicks into place and snap is the one to name their antagonist when he removes the helmet you'll know when the villain reveals themselves via monologue <laughs> yeah i like that as well i think that's good but i just um 
So I guess we're still then back around to in a roundabout way. How do they beat him? We always get to this point in the pitch where just like, I don't know, they do it. I don't know. Like, so they have these abilities now where that are focused on, I guess we could see how do these, all these abilities that they have form together to complement one another. I think that's how they beat him. So Uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the commercials uh, was live action and the villain in that creates a machine that like destroys sound. And Stab, Crackle, and Pop are the ones to, like, like you know, counteract that. So, what I think should be the sort of climax was... Um, so, like, say, like, we haven't really talked about it, but say, like, Snap Crackle, and Pop have, like, a base. It's kind of like their back cave or their, like, the big building ship, like a T that the Teen Titans have. Maybe it's, like, you know, like the Justice League's Hall of Justice, but instead of a reflecting pool, it's just a big pool of milk. Ew. Yeah. I really, even as I was saying that, I was like, "Oh no, wait!" It's like a Lazarus pit, but it's it's just a big thing. A chunky <laughs> pond of curdled milk. A lac a lactoserous yes. pit. Shh, go, Can just no. <laughs> this episode is over. Um, yeah. So I'd say when when Pow steals the powers of the other Rice Krispie elves, he also sort of takes over their base, and that's where the sort of the denouement happens. It's about them, you know, re- reclaiming their territory almost. So they'll have the kind of, like, trophy room, like, in the back, you know, where Batman's got, like, the big mechanical T-Rex and the giant penny and stuff. They'll have this silence machine somewhere in the building. Mm. And Crackle realizes that with his newfound technological knowledge gained from Toucan Sam, he's going to be able to, A, fix it, and B, amplify its power, and they can use that to stop POW. But Snap and Pop have to use their newfound abilities to try... Basically, you're going to have two guys like who are you know biologically not sort of different from you know any other sort of living you know you know i was trying to dance around a way of saying human because they're elves and so they're basically gonna have to fight a guy with superpowers which you know it does you know that happens a lot in you know in superhero stories Mm -hmm. is you get a non-powered hero fighting a powered hero in the way that that they do that so it's going to be snap and pop fighting pow while crackle tries to fix the silence i think pop Pop is probably the one that's more engaged with him and is like trying to keep him busy right like because it sounds like he's a little more like if he's firing like energy blasts and stuff and and doing that kind of stuff i think it's like yeah if he if he can focus yeah like he's the one kind of keeping him engaged Uh, i'm just trying to think of like what a good thing snap could do as far as I, he'd probably be sort of running running distraction i think that's what i was gonna be. say is like pop is the one who's actually like landing the heavy blows but like once he's like oh his guard's up so then snap like runs up and just like punches him in the side a bunch of times so he kind of like turns and opens his guard and that's when pop can like duck in and land the haymakers uh i want to throw out an idea that crackle also and i something we can kind of tie at the beginning is that like i don't know, like their differences and maybe their base isn't like super clean so crackle like home alone whatever plots to like get him down this hallway because snap you left your skates in the hall and he'll trip over them or onto them and like then you can get him fat like he has like the plan of using the surroundings of the base of like oh we left all those dirty towels on the floor he'll definitely trip over those or you can use you can use those like wrap them around his head and then he can't see like he's got all the like the weird ins and outs of their base of like all of a sudden in his head it's like a like the Sherlock Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes where it's like (laughs) he just suddenly time freezes and he sees the whole fight what trash people they just like live in garbage (laughs) they never clean their place they're like they're three they're three dudes who live together it happens that's true that are also superheroes like and also Norse mythological elves 
famously very yeah. dirty. <laughs> Don't at me, Jackson. I mean, they live underground. What do you want? A, th- a theory that I've seen Jackson talk about in the past is the idea that as guardians in the MCU are basically humans with more hit points, and the stuff in it's like some like you know writings of Norse mythology. It's like that suggests you know there's some kind of link between the Aesir, who are the gods, and the Alfar. So maybe you know it's not quite so like baseline human fighting someone with superpowers. I mean, it's kind of like 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 um, hell versus the rest of the Asgardians in Thor Ragnarok. We are again talking about a movie based off a children's cereal commercial, so I'm not sure. Absolutely, I don't think that the movie critics are really going to nail us on the fact that the the two elves who have bullet time and then also just now kind of a beat em up <laughs> mentality. It's so unbelievable that they're fighting the guy who has again all of Snap, Crackle, and Pop's <laughs> superpowers. I don't think we need to really worry too much about this part of it. The the movie critics know, but. You sound like a man who's never been on the internet. I mean, you sound like a person who cares what people think on the internet, and I know differently. <laughs> I'm not worried about the critics, I'm worried about the fanboys, you know, that are just like, those hard... <laughs> That's true. The hard, the hardcore yeah. serial fans. We'll get Ryan Johnson to direct okay. this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's good, and then they defeat him, and then... how Do, do they steal the powers back? like somehow or is it like he loses them or here's what i was imagining they basically use the silence machine to wipe his powers so he becomes like a baseline you know baseline normal and then kind of it's almost kind of like a bittersweet ending where it's like they have to destroy their own powers to get rid of the threat but at the end of it they've still got like everything that they've learned and that's why snap crackle and pop went back to just being regular elves after the early 90s see we fixed continuity we did it guys we did it gang we fixed continuity you're welcome kellogg's you lazy fucks so that's why they're not superheroes anymore they they had to sacrifice their powers for the good of all the world but they are batman goku and doc savage man i want that team up book holy shit (laughs) (laughs) actually i've never watched dragon ball z or any of the dragon ball properties however if they did a dragon ball noir i would be all over that no further questions, Your Honor. Which, by the way... Oh, uh, go ahead, Madison. I was going to continue on to our next thing we needed to decide. Oh, okay. I was just going to jump in real quick. Uh, Tony's International Good Guy Elite Responders. This is what I was going to talk to you ne- about next. Um, okay. So, okay. Um, I like the tiger thing, but what if the organization mm-hmm. was actually called Great? <laughs> so, I quickly wrote something. Um, it needs some fill-ins. So, I have gifted... I need an R word. And then entities against tyranny. Ooh, so we need something for R. So gifted blank. We're seeing having gifted. Could 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 the G could the G be global? Global. That's what I wrote down. Global response. What was the E again? Uh, entities. Global response. Global response. Entities against tyranny. I really like Mm. that because, like, they're they're kind of like, you know, whenever they would arrive on the scene someone could point and say they're great exactly that would that would be like the kind of look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane yeah. kind of and it makes sense that moment that would that would almost it would almost be their like avengers assemble but it's said by the the public and it makes sense that tony's in charge of it right too so like him being there mm-hmm. um so i like it well yeah you came up yeah. with it i mean your tiger thing is great <laughs> Oh, thanks, thanks. Your your little your little tiger acronym was also good. No, Nick. could 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 tiger be like a kind of like separate thing? Because like in the Marvel universe, they've got Shield, but there's also a separate organization called Sword. 
I mean, for as much as we're probably going to actually come back to this universe, I don't know if we really need to start digging into the different departmental acronyms. Are you going to tell me that there isn't going to be a stinger to this movie where Tony the Tiger goes and finds, like, Coco the Monkey and says, I'm here to talk to you about the All Together Initiative? What I... God damn it. What I am going to tell you <laughs> is that I, we are establishing the serial verse as, like, an Earth 2, yes. whatever, in the multiverse of the ECU. <laughs> this does exist, so there is the potential for crossover. But at this time, I don't know if we need to have sorted out all of the departments. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like entities for some reason. The E word. It just yeah, global response it's... entities. Well, I mean, when when you've you know when you're dealing with like organisms as diverse as elves, humanoid tigers, humanoid cockerels, and the sun. Are all the agents elves? Because it could be global response elves against. No, that, no, that's still I like dumb. entities. Fair enough. I'm not going to... No, we're not done recording until I'm happy with this. I was just... If we could come up with something else, I was going to throw it out there. I mean, I am the guy who came up with T Tony's International <laughs> Good Guy Elite Responders. In a, in, in a serial commercial, I figured good guys, like, based on that, that fit the tone, but I can't really judge too harsh. Like, I'm not going to die on this hill. I was just... <laughs> global response entities against tyranny. Done. Okay, is there anything else that we need to set up, Matt or uh, Maya? Did you have any post-credit scenes you want to throw out there? Just, just the one, just the one that I mentioned of, okay. of Tony the Tiger finding Coco the monkey, like in in the jung in the same jungle as um, Toucan Sam, and maybe the, the there could have been a scene when Crackle was training where like that involves Coco like somehow, and you know that at the very end you see the jungle and you see. Coco, and yeah. then Tony the Tony the Tiger steps out from behind like a big leaf in his eye patch and his leather coat, and is like, "I'm here to talk to you about the Altogether Initiative," which is funny because Coco Puff, Coco Puffs, or Pops are not in the Altogether serial. <laughs> Madison, do you have any post-credit scenes you want to tack onto this one? I'm just gonna like trying to lay some sort of like hint at what the next movie is, I guess. So, um, like, what the next threat is, I guess. I mean, when we go with, like, Captain Crunch, I know he's not Kellogg's, but that's the point, is now the enemies are all the other company serials. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. I Maybe we see a ship on the horizon and, like, a... Um... I have an idea for this, if you want. Yeah, go right So ahead. it's like, a there's a couple walking along the beach, and they're talking about, like, how nice it is to be able to go out again, because, like, of like now that all the trouble's done, like, the, the beach is finally clear, and then all of a sudden, they get crunchitized, and then we just see the boat come up over the horizon, like, off in the distance. Like they crunch ties and the the serial particles go right up to that ship, often like on the horizon. See, this is interesting because I I had a completely if if we if we you know if we are bringing in non Kellogg mascots, I had a completely different idea to that. Where the post post credit sequence because you know there's one they'll do like the main credits of like this you know who was in the movie, and then they'll have a stinger and then they'll have the full credits and then there might be one at the end. But I think the one at the end would be like a stereotypical full ass Castlevania ass castle. And it would go in, and it would go through a window, it would go down the halls, and then it would find a, you know, a big, like, coffin floating in a lake of chocolate milk. And then the coffin would crack open, and just, like, a hand would curl around the lid. And, you know, and then, and then it's like, Snap, Crackle, and Pop will return in yeah. Chocula Untold. Which one do you prefer, Madison? I love these. I was trying to think of another one. Chocula Unloving It. If, like... <laughs> We see a rainbow in the sky, and then Tony Fury looks up in the sky and says, "Oh no!" And then we just see like someone like riding on a on a shooting star marshmallow towards the city. 
I mean, I, I do like that because A, the rainbow ties it back into North, Norse mythology because of the Bifrost bridge to uh, to Asgard. And also... And leprechauns are famously all in Norse mythology. Well, so you know, elves... Oh, no. We don't have, to- we don't have time for the full explanation. Well, le- you know, le- leprechauns are of the fae. And the fae, you know, are thought to be one of the things that informed... You know, like, it's, it's the same kind of cultural idea as the alpha in Norse mythology. So... There's a connection there. Leprechauns and elves in this universe. Maybe like leprechauns and elves in this universe can be kind of like, you know, the Jedi and the Sith. <laughs> so, so Good. we're 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 gonna throw all of these in at the end. It's gonna be one <laughs> after another, like a little bit of like I think it's like intermittent in the credits. Um, and yeah. I think the we can do little window boxes, like as the credits are going, like a little window box kind of opens up, and we do each scene, each of these in in that during the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then I think it's, over. no, we see a bunch of bees swarming towards one hive. And then we see the honeycomb or whatever the bee from the Cheerios commercial sitting on a throne as like armies amassed before him. <laughs> yeah. God. Who's got more of these? <laughs> the Flintstones are in it too. Yeah. Sure. Uh, why not? Copyright doesn't exist. Well, they're the mascots for, uh, fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles. And, uh, Winston cigarettes. <laughs> and Oreo O's also are in this somehow. <laughs> I, I think there's maybe okay, there's like yeah. a bank a bank robber scene and it's the tricks rabbit. <laughs> no, I, th- I was gonna say the, the tricks rabbit. Oh, maybe it's the saying... tricks rabbit and the cookie crisp dog. They're working together. Hell yeah, I'm here for that. That's <laughs> yeah. our Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Madison, did we do it? I think we did it. I think we did it. Right, okay. hand on heart. <laughs> did you think going into this, you we, you were gonna get this kind of mileage out of? A fucking rice crispy commercial. Going yeah. into this, I thought you had an entire pitch. I'm not. I'm not mad that we came up with this because I think it's great. I just miss. I didn't know we were coming up with it in the episode. I thought you had a pitch. Oh no, I was like, I, I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted you to play with me in the space. Like, I, I, I could have written a whole pitch. I don't. It wouldn't have been. Oh no, as, this was fun. I'm glad. It, it wouldn't have been as good as yeah, what yeah. we eventually came up with because you know. I didn't have any expectations on mileage because <laughs> I wasn't expecting to, <laughs> to be even helping drive the car. Um, <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. If we did it, that's credits <laughs> on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. They can find us uh, on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else podcasts are found, including under the crusty bits of the um, dried milk <laughs> uh, on the milk carton. That, that sentence could have ended a lot of ways, and I'm glad that's the way you went. You can always get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our email is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Maya, uh, first I'd like to thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. It's, it's, it's been an honor. And bringing this wet and wild ride <laughs> and basically birthing the serial verse <laughs> into our homes. I mean... I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, like, in the early days of Hollywood, um, or, like, the early days of movies, like, commercial, sh- short commercial films were a thing, and then, you know, you, like, 30 years later, you get this, you get movie serials, so this is all part of a glorious tradition. Well, speaking of uh, short commercials, why don't you go ahead and get your plugs out for the listeners at uh, home? Yeah, everyone should listen to Gratuitous Pausing, uh, it's a movie podcast where they do brackets. Um... <laughs> 
I just really like it. Uh, but if you want to listen to more of my stuff, uh, I do a podcast with my friend Christy called The Wreckers, which is like a cultural exchange where we recommend stuff to each other. Uh, with my friends Erica and Umar, I do a show called The Knackered Robots Podcast, which is about robot toys, mostly Transformers, but we do get into Gundams and GoBots and various other things, and mostly just do sort of real, like, grotesque goblin comedy to each other within a vague robot-themed framework. Our listeners can't relate to that. <laughs> they can't relate to grody goblin humor. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> the the Knackered Robots podcast is perhaps a, a better fit for listeners of Equalizers than it was, like, when I guested on Gratuitous Pausing. Because <laughs> I kind of... I, f- I felt the need to warn people there, but here it's kind of like... You'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll be alright, probably. We're the fun cousin of this <laughs> podcast family. The, the meth cousin. Yeah, Jesus. You also do... This is kind of a seasonal thing, but there is also Sherlocktober for any of our... Sunny and Granada crossover fans. Yeah, that's a thing I, I try to do every October, uh, unless my, unless my brain goes squishy. Um, I try to talk about, uh, do a podcast for the month of October where I bring people on and we talk about various Sherlock Holmes things. So check that out in like nine months. So next time, Maya, what heinous crime have you foisted upon us for our next episode? Have you ever done a sequel to the Super Mario Brothers Yes, movie? we have. <laughs> we, have. we have. Right. Our friend Daniel was on. It's called Super Mario Bros. Colon the movie. Colon two. Colon Mario is missing. Colon the movie. Um, <laughs> it was within our first like ten or fifteen episodes, so it's been a while. Yeah, I'm working through the backlog. Um, oh god. We've finally been doing this long enough. People are struggling to find the thing. <laughs> are you familiar with the movie Murder by Death? I've heard of it. Uh, I've I've, the it. title sounds familiar. It's kind of like the proto clue. It's like a comedy that like a gathering of pastiches of famous fictional detectives i think it's i think it's i think it's a neil simon thing oh is columbo in it yeah peter falk plays the sam spade character uh maggie maggie okay. smith's in it I... as well it, it's a really it's a really good movie marred by terrible racism oh so yeah it's got um andy rooney is that right no it's uh peter sellers playing charlie chan the, the Charlie Chan type character, which is a, a blot on an otherwise wonderful movie. So what I want you to do is come up with a sequel to that that doesn't have that so that I, you know, pit, pit, you know pitch me a, a world where I could watch a Murder by Death movie without grimacing at the screen every five minutes. All right. Well, then, Frequels, tune in next week for Murder by Death 2. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jen. I'm Maya. I'm Mike Noll. Where's my dicky? I'm sorry, where's my husband? To be continued. Somewhere in the sprawling metropolis, another job for... Snap! Crackle!